podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. Uh, my name's Dan Kennett. I'm back after a few weeks. Thank you to Rosie for standing in on hosting duties. Um, and I'm, I'm back, and we have nothing better to do than discuss Bournemouth 1, Liverpool 0. But I do have the rest, the full rest of the team to help me go through this absolutely shambolic performance. First of all, fresh from not doing the pressing collection. It was done by Rhodes. It was done by Gags. Rhodesy, how are you, mate? What a game for you to come back in on, Dan. I know. <laughs> Last week. I know. What, what did I miss? What Did I miss anything good? <laughs> yeah. You missed some improvement and now we've gone back to square one. Aye. But I do have the Dynamic Sports Science duo to help us get through this. Freshly published in the Times today, it's Mr. Simon Brundish. Evening, Si. Evening, boys. So, just your piece in the your piece in the Times, Si, with James Gearbrandt. You're trying to bring sports science to the masses, like you do on this show. Yeah, that's it. Um, he was he, he he called me and asked me if I, if he would mind if I would mind answering some question or other I don't know that I think they do the readers questions or something and one was on Chelsea's rotation and then he he extrapolated that into uh, injury risks and loading and optimal um, training and playing loads to keep play a squad ah, fit because Chelsea chronic have a big acute, squad chronic acute ratio and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know acute chronic ratio the stuff we what you talk about on here all the time so sports science 101 then excellent yes excellent but most important thing is question is so were you wearing a jacket <laughs> i was on the phone <laughs> yeah but where you were were you wearing a jacket metaphorically uh, when you were giving the yeah. interview <laughs> I, I, weirdly, I have I have uh, a series on CNN that's going to start. Um, really? Yeah, in video in oh, a couple beautiful. of months. Oh. Um, and and John, the producer, he he texts me a photo of the of the of Seb's jacket, ready and waiting for you. <laughs> is it like black and white check or something? No, it's, it's, it's like beige, and it was the, it, it, it was literally his. It was his producer's jacket because I was in like, yeah. a black trackie when I showed up, and they got you out. And and they cut and the um, uh, the background was black, so I had to wear not black, otherwise I'd have been a floating head. Brilliant! You got to you got to you got to look like an MLB commentator now, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> or an exactly. NFL commentator. Brilliant! I'm gonna go in a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Brilliant. Right. And you heard him chuckling away there. It's the most qualified man in sports science. It's Mr. Phil Barter. Evening, Phil. Congratulations on your award, by the way, Phil. Must mean a lot to you. 
It, it does, but yeah, cheers, mate. I actually, I, I'm actually quite looking forward to that series now because I want to see size jacket. That's what I want to see. <laughs> and his knowledge, of course. But no, yeah, it's good to hear you back, though. It really is. Missed you. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Um, I, I, I just wanted to start with you then, just quickly, Bart, because I, I, I've noticed down. I, you guys did a fantastic pod last week. It was man, it was pretty good material to pod from, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I did hear you say at least three times on that pod, um, Bart, it's only two games. Yeah, I did. And guess what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think I said I did the presser one as well uh, on Friday with Dave, uh, Dave Davis. I think that's his name. Um, and I said there, you know, everyone get get carried away, but it was only two games. We've got to repeat this for another block. And lo and behold, we didn't, yeah. as we'll come on to. Oh, you did the preview show with uh, I did the preview. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. 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 Um, and uh, Ty, um, just coming up while we do the game plan, uh, sorry, the lineups and stuff. Um, I, I also heard you say uh, last week, uh, we won the tactics. Isn't it brilliant? <laughs> First time How this season was that while it lasted. <laughs> yeah so we're back to now is it one we've we won the t- tactics twice now in 26 games is that right yeah and we and we're, we're there we're at the same number of of uh running wins too really yeah we've won the tactics twice we've won the running twice there we go wow <clears throat> wow uh so sorry stay on the line let's talk about those lineups uh <laughs> The idea, I suppose, was was to rotate as little as possible for some reason. I'm not sure. Um, I think we had a bunch of... Um, I don't, honestly, I can't tell you why we didn't rotate more other than um, the, the whole no midweek thing. Uh, but we got Real Madrid next week and they seem to want to win that. Um, but and there was ill, yeah? Yeah. So we just had... So we had the one rotation of a sick lad, apparently. Um and but the problem with this is that we went back to instead of the new um formation that we broke down in 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 10 minutes of detail last week yes. about how the difference of the midfield and and the proximity of the of the front two and Gakpo to the midfield um how they inter- interacted and worked through the phases well all that went totally out the window, and this week we set up exactly how we'd have been setting up in all of the other games this season, with the, the with the V-shaped midfield. Um, Bajatic was was covering like ten minutes later than he would have been if he'd have played in the functioning system last week. Um, Nunes and Salah were wider. Gakpo would drop deep sometimes to join the midfield, but the other two, but the front two weren't connecting together up front. Um, it it. <laughs> Uh, the fullbacks weren't joining into the th- into the second and third phase of of the game. The opposition just allowed our defenders to have the ball. They basically went to to Ibu. Here you go, and backed off, and they stopped any balls into the forwards. And then they went see what you can do, and they just give Ibu the ball. I think he had like 133 touches. And I know the world loves Ibu and I'm I'm his biggest hater. And I don't hate him at all. I just think he's a kid. And I think he, he often well, plays defend- like a he's very, a good very defender, talented isn't kid. Yeah, yeah. And that's just and, and the things that I'd been pointing out um throughout this season played out in this game. He does he, he, his quality on the ball that isn't as good as people would would uh, have you believe. And 
his positional sense is is not as good as as you would have you believe, and that uh, it culminated in the in this abject performance from everybody. But in all honesty, I I sometimes suffer this when um, being involved in actual football with actual people that coming off like an exuberant. Um, everything mattered, a heightened sense of stimulation for a week of playing against one of your biggest rivals and you crush them. Exactly the same thing happened happened to us two weeks ago the, uh, from Derby. We beat Forest. It was such a big deal. Top of the table encounter. Um, everyone spends the whole week going. It's not, it, there's nothing different to this. This is just another game. It's just another game apart from um, all contact is like, it's 20 is 20 fold than what it has been uh, on a normal week. Um, and then uh, you can feel it, it's palpable in the changing room. And then during warm up, everybody is laser focused. Um, and then they put in a, f- a phenomenal performance. And then the next week you're playing against the, a team who are second from bot- bottom in the league. Everybody knows it's easy. The coach is saying, you've got to focus. This is not going to be so easy, but also uh, letting two of the bigger players in the team have a week off because they've been n- niggling injuries while saying everybody has to be on their game to, to win this. You've got to earn it. And and everybody's saying one thing, but everybody is thinking another. Warm-ups is, is lazy and slack. You start the game and it's, it's just you expecting it to be easy. Whilst you're telling your brain you've got to be focused, you're not. You don't have the same level of adrenaline. And there's there's less movement. It's less sharp than it needs to be than it was the previous week. And just everything, all the whole rhythm of the game, the rhythm of your game, it's just off. And sometimes you can struggle through and just sneak through a, a sheer bit of brilliance or quality or luck and win. And in this game, we didn't. It looked off. Everybody looked off. And then after 15 minutes or so, Virgil headed wide. Uh, Virgil's g- goal header didn't go in. And everybody just started to look at each other in that. Oh, my God. Starting to blame each other kind of way. And I've seen it in real life in, with real people. And it just played out that way for us, sadly. All right, that's the end of the pod there. Well done, Si. Thanks, mate. Okay. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, can I just say then, one question coming back to you on that then. Um, so you say we, we, we found something worked against Wolves and Man United. Um, so what was the, what do you, if you put yourself in the coach's shoes, what's the rationale for changing it? Especially when you're changing it, going back to something which ostensibly hasn't worked for most of the season when you've tried it. My only thought is he expected more. He expected more of the ball than we were expecting before. And he'd set up in the previous two games thinking that we would have less of the ball, which then created more importance of two phases of the game. And in this, he was solely thinking about the the possession phase of the game. So he put the younger lads in and told them to do a thing, concentrating on the specific uh, possession phase of the game. And we lost the key, the bedrock of of negative transition because we were so busy trying to do things with the ball higher up the pitch that it broke three phases of the game. That's the only thing I can think about. That's what what killed us all in the first half before the World Cup constantly. Yeah. How many times do we have to try something before we realise it doesn't work and we're not very good at it? It's the wrong people in place. But to be fair, 
How many times have you heard, oh, I- Ibu, we, we just missed Ibu. We, we needed Ibu, and then we needed Van Dyke, and mm. now we've got Van Dyke and Ibu. The world kind of were convinced that we've got the best defence in the world together again. Is it now we need Diaz now, apparently? Is that because he's the only one who's now injured still? It must be. I don't know. I don't know. I never... We, we've talked about this, and some of us like those players more than others. Like, yeah, no, it's, uh, one of my points, like point is, is that, you know, you're, you're trying to cling to the injuries as the as the outs, aren't you? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. And you've found something that works. Yeah. And you have the... You even have the components to do the thing that you wanted to do on the pitch. As if Bajetic can't, can't play in the way that Hendo did last week. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah. Um, but, um, lots of discuss there from Sai. Um Focusing on the Bournemouth setup, I thought there was a lot of par- parallels with the Nottingham Forest match away, and especially what Sai was saying about just give Ibu the ball because in that game it was give Joe Gomez the ball. Um, what did you see in the Bournemouth um, lineup and game plan? Interesting to say that. Yeah, I think they they changed system from the Arsenal game, which I mean doesn't mean they played a five five four one against Arsenal. This one they substantially played a four four one one uh, with. Um, is it uh, one of the guys somebody in midfield said five midfield Billing he's he's, he's, he's one of the most versatile players in the league he is he He plays everywhere he played played both wings up front and in the 10 in this one he played in the 10 and dropped in to make five and he's played the the deepest midfielder as well yeah yeah, Mr Versatile Mr Versatile they brought in Lloyd Kelly at left back one uh, a blast from the past from transfer pods I seem to remember you guys recommended him maybe I can't remember I think um, it's anything Dave did, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but I think they played uh, a block, low, lowish block. I did, on the previous, the PPDA was was at nearly 16, which, as you know from anyone who watches uh, presses per defensive, uh, passes per defensive action, that's a lot, considering Newcastle will also have a mid to low block and their PPDA is nine, to give you context. So mm. they generally let you have the ball. You know, as so I said in the chat during the game, that they weren't looking to press us. But as soon as they got the ball, they knew they were. You see, the goal it was straight, was straight down the, the right hand channel. They'd also hit us down the left hand channel. They weren't really looking to play. I didn't think through the middle. They were just looking to block the passing lanes. Not even do that. Just sit in, wait, wait to pick up a loose ball, uh, wait for Ibu to have the ball in certain areas. They nick it, and then they'd, they'd go down for me the wing. It seemed to be not that I had a great opportunity to do that, and I think. As much as I completely agree with so it's it's what after the Lord's Mayor's show, isn't it? That 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 yeah. saying. Um, but how many times have we said BVD scores in the first five minutes? Yeah, the guy the guy clears it off the line, right? Yeah, that, that's a, that's actually not a bad. I was sitting there going, "Oh, could he have done better?" No, he connected pretty well, put it right yeah. in the corner. The guy clears it off. That goes in. We win this game. Yeah, because that sure. that that first twenty minutes. 
a lot of the things I said they were obsessed with doing, they did have them in that in their defence third. We were passing it around. You had Harvey flicking it in. Do we have the offside goal as well around that time in that sort of period as well? You know, there were, there was periods of play we had opportunities and they weren't great, but they weren't getting out. That they missed their that gets cleared off the line. The offside goal happens. Then, as we'll come on to, maybe he makes the error. Yeah, and then from that moment on, yeah, it's 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 nothing. So yeah, I think Bournemouth for me set up to sit in, try and not make any errors, and try and nick and nick something uh, away, um, and uh, take take the maximum opportunity to queue. Because even on that chance where VVD makes the error, the one before that, they still had three breaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they broke when they when they could. They supported. They still kept the back door shut, but they broke at pace with the player up front. So they on the opportunities they had, they supported well. Uh, Dominic led the you know big Dom did what he needed to do, led the line pretty well for them considering what he had. Um, and I can't remember the guy. Was it Anthony playing the other wing? Is that right? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Again, he was a, a rapid guy coming up. So I think the changes they made made they were more mobile to get up and support when they did have the opportunity, and they still came gave the centre a pretty strong error. If you look at the pass maps, I mean, they're horrendous for us, but we don't do anything through the middle. Um, you mentioned in the chat that Cody was an empty shirt. I mean, on the pass maps, he's basically hidden behind Robertson. Yeah, because Robbo has got a higher uh, APV value, so therefore his ring stands up more than Cody, who's basically mm. white. Um, there are no connections between any of the front three. Um, it, it, it's it's like a big U, really. Uh, I don't yeah, know, yeah I, I can't even. There's a four. There's a force field in there, Phil. I think. Too. Yeah, it's just. And yeah. I kept going back, and I was sort of sitting there going, "This is Bournemouth." Yeah, I mean, with the greatest respect. Even if we did go with a with a crappy change plan, the attitude's got to be better. Like the passing early on, I think Fab receives a ball, ball in and plays a no-look pass around the corner. Miss hits it, Rob has to go about five yards, pick it out. You lose the rhythm of the momentum of the move. There were so many misplaced passes in that first phase, that first period of possession. And so I said, we just, we just weren't switched on. And whether that's 12.30 kickoff, whether it is the Lord Mayor show, I just thought it was unprofessional. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just um, something we talked about, where uh, you know, why did we change it? I mean, one of the things that we po- talked about on the January pods was um, the Wolves, the horrific game at Wolves when we got battered. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we changed it. In that game, we put um, we put Darwin through the middle and, and Kobe mm-hmm. out left, reversing what we've done. So it's like, so we, we're just about seeing some some baby steps of recovery, some green shoots, and then they, they just, they just, you know, this is it. yeah, six the second time in six weeks they've just, just done a, a change back to something which really isn't working. It's just I mean, even if you look at and we'll come to the press and layer, but the on ball zones, yeah, they're just they're so completely different from the previous two games. That where our players are picking the ball up and having an impact, or not having an impact, but and the area and size of the volume of the of the zones on the ball, they're just so different. It, I, I just can't. I can't fathom. I mean, Cody's pass zone is behind Darwin's on the left wing. <laughs> is it, I mean, what, who who came up with that idea? I thought it was that's up to first. That's up to half time. So when we made the first subs, yeah. Why is that yeah. a game plan? I, I, I just can't fathom. This is one of the games where I sit there and go, "You think you've hit your rock bottom?" But at least with other ones, you can kind of go, "Okay, maybe it was that. Maybe it was that that clinging on to something." This one, I generally cannot understand why we went in with this game plan. Can't, I can't fathom it. Yeah. Hey, Rosie, any your, your thoughts on them? 
on the the changes um, because you, you did a really good job um, leading us through the Man United discussion last week. Um, Could you fathom anything, any rationale for it? I, it's like what you touched on at the start. Uh, there's no rationale. It's just that Bournemouth out tactic to us. I don't know why we changed. I don't think there is an explanation. And when you when you manage it. Bangs on about attitude after the United game and then before this game and then uh, changes an effective formula. I'm guessing the players might go, "What? Why?" Mm-hmm. And that might lead to some confusion from them. But it was—it it wasn't just—it was a fact that Bournemouth, like Phil just said, Gakpo was having to move out to left because there was no there was there was no space. There was no connections. Bournemouth didn't allow us to have any. Um, and if there's no passing lanes between the front three or connections, like Sai was saying, when Gakpo was dropping a bit deeper, more and Nunes were there was no connection there. But that was that's Bournemouth's effective tactics. They they controlled us in this game. Um and like you said, in a game like that, the thing when when a team is sitting deeper, it's it's gonna be set pieces because we've been really struggling to break teams down when like you've seen you saw Arsenal do it against Bournemouth and I know it took them a long time um, to get that final winning goal but they battered them the whole game yeah, Bournemouth yeah, were doing similar did. things to Arsenal yeah. but Arsenal was playing through them and around them and creating pockets of space in the penalty area and things so they were doing but when you watch Arsenal though Rosie you see, you see really clear patterns of building yeah, cla- constant yeah. movements yeah and spacing all the things side touches on, all the things that he touched on in the United game yeah, um, yeah. but yeah in this one it was so, um, I just wanted to ask him um, on um, if we because we're because we're a stat show we don't we don't meant to believe in inevitability. Um, did you? I just wanted to ask your personal opinion as a as a fellow stato. Mm. Did you feel a sense of inevitability, inevitability about this match? In you know, firstly after the nine nil, you know, against uh, Bournemouth early in the season, the flip result, but then also maybe the parallel with the city uh, the city game and then the Forest game early in the season, or maybe even the nine nil against Palace all the way back in you know. In 1990, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and, and then we had the seven 0 against Palace in 2020, where we um, where we went, we were absolutely dog shit for three months. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't, so we went on horrific scoring drought. Then we have to score in you seven, did. 91 open play shots without scoring. You did well, considering Bournemouth virtually did nothing after the, their goal. It was a fact that I think we then conceded six XG and 12 big chances without conceding. So it was coming, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, I did think I thought if. Bournemouth created a uh, couple of big chances to score. Yeah. Just, just for the levels of probability. Yeah. And maybe that we wouldn't, because we'd scored, we'd just scored five out of six or six out of seven against United. Yeah, you never got to do the the, the clean sheet stuff last week, did you? So, no, yeah. I did it on Twitter after it with with the pod there though. I did I did to yeah. but yeah. But for those who didn't see it, is um we had gone and run a five clean sheets, which might have been should we say a little bit streaky, Roti. Very much so compared to the one the previous season. Yes. Uh, you managed to find um, around a yeah. similar time as well. So maybe it's not really a surprise that we then concede, you know, a, bit, a big chance and, you know, and, you know, at least we don't keep a clean sheet in it. Maybe that could, should come as no surprise then. We have yeah. been rise, riding away defensively, should we say. But, but to be honest, we've been riding away defensively most of the season, as we'll come on to later on. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Rosie, hit us with that match summary, mate. Yeah, so this is this isn't anywhere near as bad, and this is where the tactical explanation is always um, much better to do. But uh, it was one point for non penalty XG. Remember, we haven't had to do that this season because um, we haven't had a penalty. But yeah, uh, 
It's been 1.4 to 0.5 as the average. Quite a big um, range in the XG. So info goal and understat were 1.54. That's with the penalty removed. Um, whereas Optoad is at 0.99. And um, Bournemouth ranged from 0.7 with Kayla to 1.2 with info goal. So there is a bit of difference there. Bournemouth only had five shots with a shot quality of um, 20% on each shot. So one in five chance of scoring. So the fact that they scored one from five is God. absolutely good symmetry. Uh, we had 15... 11 in the box, five shots on target, and four big chances away from home, which is good. Now, what we've already just touched on, two of those are in one phase, basically, because it's a Jota header and then the Salah penalty. You're not going to have two. Uh, you can't score with a Jota header, and then, you know, it's, it's, that's half of our XG kick come from that um, phase there. And then there's a Van Dyke two headers in the first half. So not really anything from open play, um, apart from that Jota header that led to the penalty. Can we have a quick nerdy discussion on that one? Um, well, well, what's everybody's thoughts on um, that being recorded as a miss of the Jota header? Because, you, you know, I'm looking at, you know, the whole point about event data and the way you map it as a provider, you should be trying to map each event to an outcome. But I don't think miss is the right outcome for that Jota chance. No, for me, it's blocked. It's a foul. The outcome is a foul, a foul, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a miss because... It's, it's not. It's a block shot, doesn't it? It's a block. It's like a block shot, isn't it? it didn't, yeah, but it's not a legally block shot. That's the no, point. It's it's no, 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 no. So it's, it's like. Foul, the, do, yeah. remember, do you remember the game in the title winning season when Allison got sent off against Brighton? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that one went down with Allison's save. You see that again. That should set. That should be. A, that should be a shot. But the end result is a foul. Yeah, and that you know, yeah. and that, with all that implies, and that, in that case, it was a red card and a free kick, and in the Jota case, it was a pen. I guess wondering yeah. whether they're missing a trick because we know this from. Um, um, when you mine the data from understat, um, yeah. they've only got five. They've only got five outcomes, haven't they? They have, yeah, yeah. Say goal, save, miss, hit, blocked. hit woodwork, hit woodwork, blocked, yeah, and blocked. So they, I think they need a six one. I honestly they do need a six because Opta have got, I've got a six. I think off the top of my head, I'll just have to look for it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, on the event day, they've got more. But they've got uh, zones as well on the uh, event data from um, Opta. But no, I think you're right. I don't think it's... Fit. I, yeah, I, I don't... It's a niche thing. Miss. It's only going to be a handful of times across the league in a season, isn't it, for the whole league? But, you know... I don't, I, presumably, that yeah. that kind of pen... Yeah, the lead... Yeah. That, that, that would be that event for that pen, right? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Well, that happens more often than you think, right? Mm. A yeah. shot on target that hits an arm gets given as a penalty... Like, yeah. That's an event. I mean, yeah, I, I can't see why you would know it that way. Really, did he get a booking as well? Is that double jeopardy not allowed to anymore? No, I don't think it was the, the deliberate handball, was it? Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, it has to be deliberate handball. Um, uh, and but how can I don't understand how Jota can get a missed big chance from that? No, well, he didn't miss. Yeah, he didn't miss, did he? He was on target. He did everything. Yeah, but it was it was it was blocked illegally. So. Uh, so I li- I've left it off my data. <laughs> That's your solution. Leave the shots off. <laughs> it's not a block. It didn't miss no. a big chance. They're just no, no. lying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah. Just on the, um, I just thought it was interesting how Phil discussed against it there. Um, obviously, we had the first big chance after five, but then they had another one where um, Trent tries to clear it in a 50-50, ends up going straight to Solanke, and he just... Just breezes. Van Dijk had two dribbled past for both their big chances. Mm. 
I don't know who signed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes around Allison. I was going to ask you, is that I was going to ask everybody, did, did we think VVD quit on the goal because he got beat already by the same player after eight minutes or whatever it was? No, it wasn't. Minutes. That was it was Solanke who did the first one. He, he dribbled yeah. past. And then no, what I mean is that Otara, no, no, he, he, they realised that, that nobody was going to catch that, lads, because he's so fast. No, I, I, I think VVD just quit. Yeah. I think he, he's level with him. It, all he has to do is go with him and then yeah. the goal doesn't happen. But uh, doesn't, no. so I meant to ask you, Say, did you... Um, do you get the top speeds for the Bournemouth players? Uh, th- I, uh, the top speed in the game is thirty-two-seven. Is that all it was? Yeah. I was going to say, what was the what to do Tara clock? Because he seemed on that first chance again when he when he hit the side net. I, just, I, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't deep, I didn't uh, uh, pay pay enough attention to see who did what. I just, I remember having the same thought as you, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh god, like it, it wasn't that. That's all I thought. So I didn't even yeah. delve to which one because I, I don't even remember which one, which name is the that the dude that was the one that went the right wing was Atara, and then Anthony right, was yeah, that no, I didn't, yeah. I didn't check. I haven't, I, I didn't grab the uh, the individual data. Data. I just remember that that was the highest point, and we got outrun one hundred eight, one hundred six. Dismal. Jeez, Rosie, sorry, mate, put you off again. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's. I was, I was just interested in the speeds as well because it was, a, there was a time when I put a comment on. Um, TTT about after about 15, 20 minutes when it all started to go a little bit pear shit for us. That Canate looked really slow up against one of their players. I don't know if it was Billing or Anthony. Um, and he couldn't quite get to him. And I was thinking, he's usually got the recovery pace. Um, and then I saw in that same chance and on the eighth, the eighth minute, Bashetic, um looked so slow trying to yes. get back um, so it was just like bloody hell they've got some fast lads or are our players either slow or yeah. tired, I don't know but it, it was maybe maybe it's more than we was they they were average and we were sluggish yeah. do you know do you know we we talked about this. We talked about this in the what's in the chat and everything. We've talked about it a long time for over like eight years. Um, and people are kind of grabbing onto it in a loose way on Twitter and blah, 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 blah. who knows about the whole kickoff time. And, and um, I've got the data for it, but that doesn't, you know, everybody knows it's true that when we're, we're worse at lunchtime. And I, I've always wondered, it, Klopp made the big deal. You remember when he, when he first uh, arrived about um, training time, they, mm. they changed yeah. the week's training time to match what, whatever the kickoff time is. And we've always been terrible at lunchtime kickoffs. Historically, we average uh, half, more than half a point a game uh, less at lunchtime than at any other than the average of any other time, um, and almost a point a game difference between lunchtime and our most prosperous time. Um, but that doesn't matter. I, I, I was just wondering if you if you guys thought that. Um, what what could it be like is it do you think it might be um the like circadian rhythms are off because we're so well programmed to doing late games which which if you think about it i think we've played uh, 280 nighttime games and 54 lunchtime games so if we're if we train to match the nighttime games we've done that four times as many training sessions at night than in the morning. So which so your body is going to adapt to that. 
Yeah. Do you think that, that there is value in that? And so they come out sluggish and that they're, they're, they're just not, their bodies aren't attuned to training that time, times a day. Like I, I've had many athletes over the years whose bodies work better in the evening or the, all the, uh, all the, all the morning, like, and so it's significantly different. Uh, so I, I can test for power first thing in the morning and test the same player for or athlete for power in the evening over the course of six months. And it's always one or the other is higher. So I, I, I just wonder if we've trained ourselves into being terrible in uh, uh, in early kickoffs. Well, yeah, so that's actually true. It's like league winning at 3 p.m., say. Put him. Yeah. Isn't our points per game at 3 p.m. kickoffs? Like 3 p.m. We- is the highest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that, that doesn't make if it well, it kind of does in the no, I mean, in the you never play a good team at 3 p.m. No, right, yeah, 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 of course. The context is key with that data, as you just said, Si, but I think you're absolutely spot on. There is something in circadian rhythms and there's repeatability, right? If you're only playing a limited number of games at 12 30, you're not going to get used to it. I wonder in the title is the outlier. Yes, I'm saying, yeah. So I wonder in the title winning side, do we have a particular three we always played at 12 30? I can have a look. I just, yeah, you know, j- just a hypothesis. Maybe we had a three that played the twelve thirty games in the title winning side. In the title winning side, if you remember that year because of COVID, yeah, the, um, like all game times were all over the place. But the first half of the season, we definitely had the twelve thirties, and we just. But anyway, I'm just saying. Maybe I think there is absolutely merit in saying that circadian rhythms play a part of it because your body gets used to it. You so train anyway, at a certain time. Either. I have yeah. the I have the data from eighteen nineteen in front of me. Looking at uh, very helpful on our, on a FB ref. You see, so um, twelve thirty we beat Leicester two one. Uh, then we beat twelve thirty. We beat Tottenham two one. Um, then the next one we got a twelve o'clock on a Sunday. We beat Fulham two nil. Uh, twelve thirty. Then we beat Bournemouth four nil. This was a. We had twelve o'clock kickoff on a Sunday. Yep, um, we had two of them that season as well. Um, then we had another um, twelve o'clock against Burnley. That was a four two at home. That was a Sunday kickoff at twelve o'clock. Uh, yeah, so that's six 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 matches at twelve thirty or twelve o'clock that season. We won all of them. Uh, who played? That's going to take you one another one. We won all the games that we won season. All the games. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that's what I'm saying is we won the games. My point is exactly what I was going to say. You know, in 1819 and 1920, we won all the games. So, uh, yeah. I mean, personally, I think there could be something in it. You know, it would it pass muster with an Anover? Um, uh, no. One way and over, you know, because it's, it's, it, you know, it's sample size, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. you're going to say, but it's, we've done it before, so I, I just think that there's not enough there to say that, you know, this, this to, to disprove that it doesn't exist purely by chance. But I think it's a tra- I think it's like training points, right, though? Yeah. That those about that forty of hours to prepare for that is just, I would say significant. Bear in mind that no other team changes their training times because of like that. That is, and we are an outlier. Yeah. Everybody else trains in the morning. Yeah. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable, 
hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. But then they do a double session, Their bodies should be more attuned to early uh, peaking than ours. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it's, it's it's an interesting debate point, you know. But um, yeah, it wouldn't stand up to statistical scrutiny. I think that's fair, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. But yeah, okay. So let's talk about the that opening passage of the game um, when we were quite good, and then Bournemouth coming back in. So you know, we started off fairly bright, and then but how more interesting how Bournemouth wrestled back control. How did you see it? After they ride in that initial period out, sorry. Oh, Bill? I didn't know you were asking me. Oh, sorry. sorry, yeah, sorry, I missed, yeah. I missed that bit. Um, yeah, I I thought we set up. I was surprised by both in the first couple of minutes how we set up in that it was very similar to how we'd done in the past. And so I was a little bit annoyed, but I was really surprised by how um, passive um, Bournemouth were and and how they weren't adjusting in any way to our... It, it left our passing lanes really easy, accessible and open, and, and both the fullbacks were free, and they were just dropping straight off, but not even in a particularly aggressive way. Um, and we kind of pushed them around for the first 12 minutes or so in the game. I, I really believe that the um, the big difference in the game early on was um, was Virgil's header that was cleared off the line. Um, so there, it was less than that. It was less than 12 minutes. It was six. <laughs> um, and it was up to then and then and then they got they they got almost in straight behind us after that um eight and and it was like that it shook um Virgil or annoyed him it looked like it annoyed him I don't want to go down the whole body language thing too too deeply but in a in a pejorative way but it, he looked annoyed to me I made reference to it to you guys in the in the in the chat um and it, and then once it happened again, like that, that annoyance started to spread amongst the team, and we just st- st- we just stopped playing to the way we had. At the same time, as they got a little bit invigorated and started, they, they then started uh, pressing the fullbacks once they had the ball, and then that left only our centre backs to get to, to to do what they want, and and they we stopped creating chances. Or we stopped getting into into attacking phases that that um, made them unstable. Yeah, but yeah, no, I agree. But also, the um, if you want to go to the goal, it's a really it's not a great period of practice because Nunes fouls their fullback, so we go from being controlled to then whenever they have the ball deep, we're not pressing them. We're we're sort of has, we're hassling with a foul. So Nunes fouls them, they clear it. We rush a clearance. The keeper picks it up again. He then chucks it out to the uh, right winger. And because Nunes is out of position because he's moaning about the foul, 
and Cody is as well, the right winger, and they just locks it in the channel and VVD doesn't go with him and they score. But it's just since that that sort of untidy, uncontrolled defending from the front had started to seep in. It happened on the right as well with Harvey, a little bit of passage before as well. It just sort of lets them get out. It lets them reset play with a free kick or a throw in rather than, and then when they clear it, we used to be very good at, thank you very much, that's a long ball, we'll take that, we'll control and we'll come again at you. Whereas in a moment or in that period, we just knocked it straight back to them and then they picked it up and went again. It, it was it was a real symptom and I don't want to go to body language, right? But it just certainly, that that miss, them getting through, going around hitting the side netting, then this little instant, they play and they score and from that moment on, Nothing happens until BBD puts one past the post to get on half an hour. It's uh it's the the mood changed visibly changed from and the, the passing, the the type of passing changed as well. Even if you look at the, the periods of play on the, the pass map, is it it changes distinctly from the first fifteen is is an okay shape, if you know what I mean. But yeah. from fifteen to thirty, you start seeing no connections formed. From thirty-one to forty-five, it's very right-sided. The left-side players might as well not be on the pitch. Um, there's no, there's nothing to them. You just got every position. So, and that is all around that period of time. As I said, we we miss the chance. They get in a couple of times and score, and then suddenly our passing network completely changes. Our connections change, and you start getting that big ball from BVD trying. They let Canate dribble as well, which he appears a couple of times, not successfully, but he still starts doing it. And that's and then it gets worse after half time. You get even less connections, even less passing. And the, and we become even more over the shop as he puts on more and more attackers. I mean, I joked he went with one in midfield at the end, didn't he? So okay. Leaving aside we leaving aside what 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 formation we were trying to play in the second half by the end of yeah. it. Um how do you boys see um, you talked about how how well we played in, in, against Wolves and Man United and yeah. Man United especially. Um, if we can't transition in attack um, and 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 have our players with space in front of them, how does this team attack with Gakpo and Nunes in the front three? How do because it to me it looks like it's going to be incredibly difficult for us to build with those two players in the front three. So I how agree do we do you, it? And that's probably another reason I wouldn't have played these. That's a really easy thing to say, isn't it? But I wouldn't have played these two. I would have gone with the Wolves thing with Jota. Um, I think he's slightly better at that type of play, of that linking, that he's, he's dribbling. As soon as he came on, he draws past two players and creates a chance. I'm just saying, I just the Wolves, they, they're not united. Wolves didn't come out and try and attack us. They were more attacking the Bournemouth, but they still tried to sit in and protect. And we eventually kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, and got the goals. What Rosie said was one of the things that pleased him the most. But that setup of that front three, for me, worked better, would have worked better in this game, which we're looking to transition on. Uh, particularly, again, Nunes in this game, he's, we said, we said he, he scored two goals against United, but he didn't have a great game. And in this one, again, he wasn't involved at all, didn't score, wasn't involved. I just, I think there's some things we change the tactics and we change for me, uh, I get the midfield, but I don't know why we're saving players from Madrid. But anyway, by the by, I think you should have, personally, I think we should, the tweak should have been up front. Maybe, but I mean, Bobby hasn't been great, but again, 
that's the type of player on the ball turn. It's not a transitional player for me, it, it, but we didn't do that. And that's, that's what happens. We, and that is going to be a problem they've got to solve in the summer. They've got to work out if these are his starting three players, which they're going to be because he's, he's not going to jettison Darwin. He's not going to jettison COVID and he can't live matter unless he sells him. You've got to work out a way of getting them more involved when it's not in transition. We haven't got that at the moment. Um, Say, si, same question. How do you see how do you see this being able to attack with this with Darwin and Cody in the front three? When we talked about um in When in, we can't in, transition, that is, sorry. Yeah, when we talked about in previous seasons, we talked about those seven key uh, elements that are build our attack. Um and there are a couple of them on the pit like there is the chance that one of those one of the <clears> players we have on the pitch have the talent to do something brilliant. Um, on their own or in a combination of a couple of them, there is transition. There is um, when when they what they demonstrated against against Man United and the thing I was excited about. The, the, uh, we said the seven nil was brilliant, and it wasn't a seven nil performance. Everything went our way, but we created a structure that uh, allowed us to get the second balls and to counter press and get away. And that's what was removed from this game. Our spacing was appalling. The the system, the patterns of play was appalling. That um, anytime we broke down, anytime we, our possession was broke, because it was forced very often, that we'd, we'd come across too far. Um, so we, we didn't have appropriate spacing. So there was a massive hole one side or the other for them, for them to get out really easily. Um, so that prevents that attack. If we are, if I don't see a way in which this team work with high possession and building through like a volume of high pass of passes. So like, I don't see how we have 30 pass moves with the, the players on the pitch that were on the pitch in this game. If that's what you're saying about possession, I don't see it. But they are good enough at winning games in five of the seven different ways of of creating because uh, uh, very easily evidenced in this game that they're a real set-piece threat. That's that's what I was going to say. You can see why if a team's going to uh, sit really deep and not give you any space in the box that you can use the physicality of those two. I just thought Nunes had had a stinker on the ball, so any time... Could have had any kind of link up. It was bouncing off him, or it was it was overhitting passes. He hit across, missed everyone by about twenty yards. <laughs> um, and we've seen Gakpo link up, I, but I thought he was shit against United yeah. for the whole yeah. game. Yeah, we said yeah, that. Yeah. He was silly rubbish. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, th- I think there was other symptomatic issues. I think Elliot was constantly turning inside, so that link up between him, Trent, and Mo was was wasn't working are effective because of Elliot's body shape. So he was always looking infield when the two most important players for him were on the outside. So he's 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 just playing passes to Gakpo who's got two people marking him. Um Bichettis was virtually non existent for most of the game. Um, do you know do you know who had the worst possession control on the pitch? Is it gonna be Trent or Canato? Well usually it's Trent. It's it's usually at our best. It's Trent or Mo because they're the ones that make make uh, the highest risk Elias. passes. In this game, it's Bajatic. Okay, uh, 
Uh, I, I could see that. What was it? Minus, yeah, minus 15. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't feel that bad. Jeez. In the yeah. middle of midfield. I did. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought it was... I thought all three of them in midfield were terrible. Um, Fab, Fab, uh, Fab was at neutral. Yeah, I thought... That's, that's fairly standard for him at the moment, isn't it? Well, check check this crazy stat out. Um, the, I said before that um, that Ibu had 133 passes and they, like he, they let him dominate possession. Yeah, up, up to a point. The the point changed when Jordan Henderson entered the pitch, and um, and he was on the pitch for 28 minutes. Um, Fab was on the pitch for 64 minutes. And Fab had 54 touches in 64 minutes. Hendo had 48 touches in 28 minutes. What was his position control? Uh, minus three. Right. There was a nice example of what how it could work as well, Dan, though. There was the Elliott floated balls and Nunes had a Becker cross and then it was the offside. That goal. was the offside, wasn't it? Yeah. So that, that's, that's an example of how it could work. In, in the second half, you've got that Milner underlap, sal, underlap Salah and then gets the crossover for Jota at the far post. There are examples of how it could work. Um, but to yeah. be fair, you, you've just, there, were, there were two moments before they scored, that Elliot one, the offside, and the VVD ahead of the line, where two periods, like we said, so I said, a set-piece goal, a good bit of play. Do you know what I mean? That, that we could have been quite easy on another day to up. Yeah. Well, we, we didn't. It just doesn't didn't roll for us that day. Yeah. That's a really horrible phrase, but it just didn't happen that day. It's true. And we can't complain because everything rolled for us on uh, last week. Yeah, exactly. You, there but, is something in that, you know. But there is there were mo- right at the beginning of this game, from the first moment of this game, you could see the shapes that we were making two weeks ago weren't the shapes yeah. we were making this week. It was very much we had we kept getting lines like horizontal lines across the pitch. We were getting five and six players in the final phase and the final line of the of the pitch. And then there was 30 yards to the to the nearest midfielder because yeah. two of them are gone or two of the fullbacks and the midfielder are gone. And and then Gakpo would go, oh, I better drop. And he would sprint 20 metres deeper to get involved in the ball, in, in the build phase. Um the timing of our runs and our willingness to to get forward like it 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 looked like and it was talked about that we were that we were um i don't know too cons- conservative you can't say those words around here but you know what i mean like <laughs> risk that we were too risk averse and it was absolutely the opposite and that was the problem we we weren't we didn't have you talk about in between the lines we did we just created the lines for them to be in between we had no depth for our play. We had no structure, structural depth. No. We had Ibu and um, and Virgil, and then sometimes one of the of Fab or Bashitich, and then everyone else had just gone. Yeah, yeah. It was like a Stan. You spoke quite a lot in Discord about a six-four versus a five-five, mm. and that this was very much a six-four. But it uh, even so looked like when you guys who t- talked about the formation um, was it like four-one-six or something? Yeah. Like that? Yeah, um, three one six, whatever. Um, but without bringing the forwards on, we had that anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we were doing all the first, first half of the season before. Anyway, um, yeah. just go back. It's to exactly what I'm saying. It was exactly yeah. like all of the first half of the season away at rubbish teams. 
just just going back to what I was um, the question I asked her personally I, at the moment. I don't see how we can um, afford to have Darwin involved anywhere outside the final third. I think we have he basically he just has to be the end points for everything, and he, we cannot involve him in build up in any way. I, I, I know it's a bit mean, but honestly, yeah. No, the only game that he's worked in that position, Darth, away from home, right, is Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah, where, where he literally was just asked to see ball run. Yeah. That sounds really hard, simplistic, but that's literally all he did. We put it in the channel for him. He ran after it. We went up, Mo got up to join him and we tried to create something. Yeah, yeah. so a bit of one of size tenants, brilliant players creating something out of nothing, right? Yeah. So, but other than that, yeah, I agree with you that I don't, I can't see him being involved at the moment. <laughs> but we've said that for a while as well. Yeah, and just the other thing, the last final one on this is because we are a stat show trying to bring some a few more stats into it, is that um, I started, a, we've been doing the Nunes tracker all season on, on, on Darwin's centre forward, effectively tracking him as a centre forward against Harry Kane. And I just thought it was about time we started the Cody tracker, mm-hmm. um, basically um, comparing him to Bobby, and particularly Bobby in his very first season. And I think one the, the biggest thing that stood out for me, um, I, I put it in the Discord chat um, and for subs, got some nice positive feedback there. I want to share it with you, chaps. The number one thing that stood out for me was how little Gakpo or Cody passes the ball. But yeah, that it's it's something you've how I much he links it. Yeah, he doesn't pass the ball well. And what was what did you say in the game? Was it five passes up to? It was something, some ridiculous. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, three, he completed three passes in the second half. Yeah, because um, he dropped it. He dropped deeper as well, didn't he? He was supposedly playing a little bit deeper to receive the ball. So it was just yeah, his Bobby, passes not good enough. Bobby in his first season, when you know, let's be face, let's be fair, we mm. weren't a particularly great team when he came in in that first nah. season, um, and he was about 32, 33 passes per game, and, and and Cody is less than half that. He's about he's just under fifteen passes per game. I mean, I, how can you play a player in that 10, false nine, 10, attacking it, whatever you want to call it, yeah. central position? You've got to be really good on the ball. Sure, that's got to be the number one criteria. You've got to be really good in the half spaces and in build-up, right? Absolutely. I think that's it. those numbers are more like when he was playing wide, right? That's where he was yeah. at PSV, yeah? So yeah. That, that would be suitable for a wide player. But we're not. We're trying to train to build his technique. You have. You've got to be really good, particularly... As, as I said, these last two games, that player has come in to form the top of the box, right? Yeah. So they were in a very tight space, got to be good on the turn, on the ball, all that kind of thing, which he did against United, to be fair to him. Um, it's just in this game, I mean, that that's a ridiculously low amount of passes. It really yeah. is. Um, yeah, especially against a deep block as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, you know, we, we we always talked about the double. I didn't, we didn't call it so much the box back then, but we called it the double false nine when we yeah. cater. But from the start of twenty twenty one, and the, when the pressing was absolutely off the scale alongside Bobby, but you know, the, the, those two boys are, 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 are you know slightly slightly better technically and in tight spaces, right? Those two, yeah, Bobby least, and, then, and, and, and Abby. Yeah. To be fair to him, Elliot's got that tool set. Yeah, it's just the edit position in Sicer was completely off. His spacing was completely off, so he could wasn't in the right areas to do that. Yeah, um, Lerma got, got in his face, didn't he? He got, he got in his face, but equally, if Cody's not in there as well. They're going to double up on on the one player who does try and get in there, right? So you have to work as a two, like you said. They were they were a double false nine working together in tandem to win the ball, and then on it as well. Yeah. So yeah, it does surprise me that we're we're going with it. It, it and we keep saying it. It's a big summer coming up. 
Yeah. Right. Let's talk about the let's talk about the defining moment of the match, um, Rosie. Before we slaughter uh, Van Dyke, um, can we talk about why we why have we stopped playing the offside trap? Well, <coughs> I don't know. Like a lot of changes in defence is all I can come up with. Um, if the, I've, I've, we've had so many changes between um, the centre backs, um, so, yeah, so last year, Rosie, we that, we had a we had hundred and forty. We caught the opposition offside one hundred and forty four times, right? Last mm. season, um, fifty more than any other team in the Premier League. Fifty more, and yeah. <laughs> um, we were at three point eight offsides per game. Um, how many offsides do you reckon we're at this season per game? Two. Good guess. Good guess. Yeah, two point three. So we're one and a half offsides per game less. But more importantly, the ratio of offsides to through balls. So last season we were at one point seven offsides to every through ball we conceded. This season we're down at one point two. We've conceded forty eight through balls and only caught the opposition offside sixty one times. Yeah, it's a big deal, isn't it? It is. There are a couple of examples in this game as well. Because um, it leads leads uh, to high-quality chances, Rodzi. always does, because if you're through on goal with only the keeper to beat. Um, Counter-attack, fast-break situations, higher yeah, XG, was, yeah. Now into last season, a lot of people were saying it was a, one of our flaws and we were banging the drum that it was a, a strength and this season it's the opposite. Um, yeah, yeah it, uh, was it Trent or Canate who played him? Canate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was a good yard or so behind. Yeah, good meter behind Van Dyke. So but that's all it, it takes. It you know, find you know, trying to play an offside trap. You need disciplined yeah. and in sync um, centre backs to effectively do it because they're the ones that lead it. Um, the thing with the, the thing with the offside, I know we got, I know we all hate the late flags, but the thing with the offsides is it kills the attack at source. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, that's, that was an extra one and a half per game we're having to deal with this season. Yeah. Because we aren't we aren't killing it at source. So what's that? Is it point? What's the XG on an average on through ball? Is it? It's a big chance. Oh, uh, minimum point two, pretty much. Right. So if you're giving up, how much are you saying giving up? The one and extra and half, one, one a game, half, one yeah. and a half. So you're giving up nearly point four XG a game extra. Is that right? Quick maths. Yeah, well that's that's probably right with our with the right, XG yeah. values because we're, yeah. we're, we're you know. Um, is our season X, yeah. How much is our season XGA, Bosey, per game? Is it just under two? XG against, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think it's anywhere near that. Um, XG non penalty XG 1.4. Okay, 1.4. Still go. bad though, yeah. yeah. That's where it's trending good, but yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> After the absolute, yeah. well, I think the, the Nadir were probably Wolves away, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That All right. 0.7 then. So you, 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 you do walk us through the Bournemouth goal, Roti. Well, Phil did it earlier, didn't it? With their keeper, just threw it to their winger, and they played a, a. It looked like a bit of a hoof, um, and there's a bouncing ball, and I, I just think you've seen Van Dyke just clear that up dead easy. No one gets away there, he, and he's just going to sort it out. Um, he kind of gets billing, no, not billing, uh, Dango or what's his second name? Tara. Yeah, Tara to stop, and then. And then he's got, he's ahead of him. So Van Dyke's on the edge of the box. Atara is there. And then Atara just goes, all right, I'll knock it past you. And just breezes past him. And as we've said, Van Dyke just stopped running. And then Robertson was the wrong side. And then the cutback's easy. I think it takes an ever so slight deflection off Canati and hits Billing on the shin. But that's because we'd conceded 11 big chances before that without scoring. These things happen. Mm. 
But yeah, and after Solanke dribbled past Van Dijk, so we've uh, we, we've we've been quite mean at times this season, saying you know about Darwin. You know, yeah, he's got lots of talent, lots of raw diamond, rough diamond, and all that. But he, he's costing us points, right? Well. I'm afraid the only one player costs us points in this match. Well, two players. Um, one player, they're, they're the two highest played t- players and most experienced players in the team. Costs us the points. No question. Yeah, I agree. 100%. And it's and set the time. And the manager. The and the manager. <laughs> and the manager. Um, so, Rosie, do you see, um, what, what What do you see? Wait, what, what, what possible reason do you, can you see for Van Dijk just quitting on the ball like that? Um... Do you, see, do you think he's lazy? Do you think he's complacent? Um, I, I think he has a an air of um, being... In Suissance. In <laughs> that, he, that he sometimes can do it because he's, it's, it's more languid. Um, just, there's just an air of control about him that he knows what he's doing. But in this, it just seemed like, oh, I, I, I haven't quite got the pace to cover you there. I'm just going to stop. I don't know if he thought there was someone behind him and he was doing a blocking, but it didn't look like that. Like, there isn't any explanation other than maybe it's, it shouldn't be tired because he had to time out, didn't he, with the with the injury. Um, and I think it, I think he'd look good since he'd come back in, but that this game, um, the opposite. I can't yeah, Bart, well, sure, what you, what you what you attribute it to? You can be as mean or as fair as you want. <laughs> I, I think you just gave up. I, I generally, I lazy, ben, I, yeah, yeah. I just, I think the guy got level with him, a bit of an arm wrestle beforehand. Um, the guy stood him up, and then normally you go, God, he's just going to go with him. Like, you know, we've seen him do it a million times, right? The guy tries to stand up, Van Dyke, Van Dyke matches him and blocks it, right? And for whatever reason, he just stands there mm. and, and, and I, I and then looks at everybody and says, Well, why didn't you, why didn't you block the cross? I, I just couldn't, but I just was like. That's our that's our biggest player on the day. You know, that's our captain on the day. I know captain doesn't mean a lot, but that is people look at him in the dressing room. That's Van Dyke. He's just given up. And then from that moment on, for me, the whole the whole mood changed for the team. They were all like, "If you're going to do that, I'm going to bother." Yeah. So size coming in off his long run here. <laughs> Bob Willis, nineteen eighty one style. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's starting his renown on the boundary. So you give it to him, babe. You, you think this? You think um, Van Dyke was um, basically being a brat? Yeah, I thought Van Dyke was a total brat. Um, I there were there were a number of occasions. The number is three. Um, the because <laughs> um, that is one of those things that really pissed me off. Um, that he could have inter- he could have made a different choice, and he would have sh- shut off the da- the uh, the risk. Um, in that move, I also, to be fair, uh, from a Liverpool perspective, with this goal, I think the key component in this goal, um, take Van Dyke aside because he should have shut, shut the door three times, um, was that we none of our midfielders tracked Billet, uh, Billings. Um, if you look at what what the boys had said about. Uh, uh, the keeper getting the ball and then yeah. um, the long ball out, whatever. Um, we had pushed over that side. Structurally, we looked fairly sound. Fab got caught. Caught. Um, he was he was nudged a little bit left because he was uh, he was concerned by one of their players considering our positioning. Um, and Billings was right next to um, Harvey. 
they had their um, their winger was out left, which froze Trent because he has to bear him, keep him in mind because he's the attacking threat um, on the far post. So Trent can't come out and cover Billings' run, which he got picked on by uh, Jermaine Genus, obviously. Um, and Harvey should have run with him. And he, he, he had 70 metres to make up one. And he walked <laughs> ostensibly. Yeah. Um, and that was that was the key component. Uh, that they had overloaded our, our defence with, there the was four on three um, and then five on four and w- our, our midfielders didn't get back the way they should have. Um, but I, I, I can't, I, I just think with Virgil, he must have, I'm being kind, miscalculated twice. Don't be kind, just, be, just speak your mind. It's fine. I think, I think, we, I think, saw, I think, we saw to other players, there's no secret cows. I, think, I, I just think he stopped. I think I think he was like he, I think he spat his t- his dummy out. He, yeah. I, in, in fairness, I think in all likelihood, knowing these kind of characters, he had a he had a half second where he was so pissed off with himself that consumed him, and then he which made him stop for half a second. <clears throat> by which stage he the guy got uh, gone, and there was no point in trying to accelerate then because he would have looked silly. So this way he could just pass it off as he passed him on to Robbo. But Robbo was always wrong side. You could never yeah. pass him off there. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Decisive moment of the match. Uh, Rosie, just a quick one on the pressing. I mean, you didn't collect it. Gags did. Did you have any thoughts watching the match on this press, on, the, on our pressing? Um, well, we've seen some of the possession control there and Gags did know that the efficiency was absolutely abysmal. Um, I can't imagine there was a high volume either. No, 112. Yeah, um, yeah. 71% pressing efficiency, which is one of the lowest we'll ever say. I think it's in the top five lowest. Um, yeah. Um, I'm just slightly frustrated that I've done a game with 330 pressing. <laughs> 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 and guy gets bombed. Oh. <laughs> two, two stories in this Two stories in this game. Um, we've, done a lot, we've had a lot of praise for Cody's defensive work in other matches. 64% in this game, sixty-four percent efficiency. Awful, yeah. Um, and but most worryingly, Rosie, one of those things you talked about constantly at the start of last season, fails from the back four. Canate, um, VVD, and Trent had eight fails between them. Eight. Yeah. And the last line of defence, eight failed presses. I said in the, yeah. in the United and Wolves pod, I don't mind some of our players fouling in the opposition's final third because then you get to reset. Um, but if you are doing it in your own half, it's, teams are just going to end up with big chances or good chances. And yeah, uh, yeah well, definitely. And um, speaking of the other thing that cost us a match, Rosie, um, you, I don't think you figured out what was going on with the pen for a while. Did you find a good angle to see it in the end? Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I've got a really interesting... Uh, I don't know if you've seen B's tweet it, but he put it in his match report for us. And he said, since VAR's come in, um, non-VAR penalties, so normal penalties, 84.1% have been converted. All penalties is 80.5, so that's including VAR. But if you just look at the VAR penalties, only 71% of penalties awarded through VAR have been converted. Interesting. I only it's only 105 samples, 370 penalties yes, since yes. then. So it's not big enough. But any any theories on that? Because 
Well, it could just it's be. I don't think there's enough enough penalty enough for sample to know at this point. But it's definitely very very interesting if that continues, yeah. isn't it? Be yeah. interesting to know if you had a clock on that. How long the decision was took to be yes. made? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because Mo's went to a screen, didn't it? Yeah. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Whereas others don't go to screen, they just go, they used to go just pen. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah, that'd be interesting. But again, you'd have to look at it maybe over the top five leagues. Yeah. And he, he basically just missed it, Roti. Yeah. Just tried to aim for the corner and just missed it. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like he just aimed for the top corner and just, um, yeah. <laughs> it looked a lot worse on the first angle. But yeah, I've seen other angles and it's not as bad as I initially thought. Terrible penalty, though. Um, do you know what system we were playing um, by the end of the match, uh, but? Oh, uh, I think we had two full, but we had two. We had Milner and two centre halves, and Hendo in front. And yeah, okay, yeah there's a question. Um, so we're, we're struggling for creativity, and we take off Trent on an hour. What's that about? I, I, I mean, maybe it's something to do with. I don't know. Was he protecting him? Load manager? I don't know because he's, he's clearly going to play in midweek. But I still yeah. think it's mad. Surely the more important three po- is three points on Saturday than going to Madrid and not getting. So I just I thought it was a ridiculous decision, but he has done it a lot. He's taken like so I said earlier in the season, Trent's the most sub player, isn't he? Sort of like that. Um so and it is normally around that time. Whereas mm-hmm. Robbo normally gets a rest by not starting and they he plays Costas <laughs> with Trent, they do the reverse, they take him off. But I still think it's that's stupid. But anyway, yeah, it was I think we ended up having what Cody, Bobby, Jota. Mo and whoever else fancy playing up front for the last like, 20, uh, 10 minutes or so. Yeah. But it's mad. Just it, it's Badger's got a really high amount of uh, just looking at his foul presses. This Badge got five total five in the middle of the park as well. Badge. Mm. Good game. It's quite high. It is. Uh, total foul presses. Cody had eight. Badger took five. Uh, Canate four. Eek, Ibu, four, four, that's bad. Yeah. Um, any other business from anything in the second half before we moved on to the home away splits discussion? Anybody, any other business no. on the match? No, I want to move on from this game. All right. So I did, um, thankfully, thanks to Fantasy Football Scout and, um, other websites, you can get home away splits now very easily on the filters on their data. And um, it's 
the tale of the tape is pretty grim, I have to say. Um, so should we do the fun stuff first, which is the home record? So um, we've got 30 points from home matches this season. That ranks third in the league. We've scored 34. That's joint second. And we've conceded only nine, uh, which is joint third. Uh, in terms of XG, 31.6. Um, um, so we are, so that's on understat. And that's the second best in the league. Defence, not great. Um, 16, 16 XGA, um, which is only 11th best in the league. So... Most important thing here is that we have overperformance against XG at both ends at home. So we have an attacking overperformance of 2.4 and a defensive overperformance of 7, um, which is massive. Um, in terms of Opta, it's a slight, slightly different model, so, but it's still the same thing, overperformance at both ends at home. Um, against In attack, it's 6.8 over XG at home. A lot of that is Bobby Firmino. He's about three and a half over XG at home on his own. Um, and defensive performance um, versus XG is 4.9 over, again, at home there. So all pretty good, the home record, apart from the volume of shots and chances conceded. In the away record, uh, 12 uh, points for away from home, which is 12th best in the Premier League. Um 13 goals scored, which is 11th best, 20 conceded, which is joint 10th best. Uh, in terms of XG, um, we are third best attack away from home with 23.5, uh, but only the 15th best at defence, 24.5 conceded, which is just shocking. But, but Rosie, we've, we've talked about for a long time this season, borderline relegation on the defensive numbers, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that fits right into that ballpark, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's... It, it... It's fifth, well, 15th, and that's after a slight improvement in the last... <laughs> slight improvement. <laughs> but in it, in our big chance differences in recent away games have been like minus four, minus three, minus two. Okay. So we're conceding a huge volume of them, um, but yeah. Yeah. Just um, on, on that attacking performance against XG away from home, we are ten and a half goals under. That's just... Ridiculous. That's on understat. On Opta, we are eight goals under on Opta. Uh, and, uh, but defensively, we are overperforming, believe it or not. So God knows how bad, we, bad we'd be without Ali. We're four and a half goals over on away from home uh, on understat and 1.7 on um, Opta. But most worryingly of all, we have a negative expected goal difference away from home on both models. After 13 away matches, that's pretty shocking. So... Thoughts on why we can be ten and a half goals under? <laughs> Is it just a coincidence, Bart's? Oh, what, what do you know what? I just pulled up the. You know, we did something at World Cup break, and I did the Monte Carlo. We're looking at how we were performing, how in a way for XG and XGA. Yeah, and I said then we were we were apparently under. You know, conceded less than we should have done. Uh, it, just those trends haven't changed. That's the that's the worrying thing. The lines are still in the same places you just read out. <laughs> so yeah. I know it's so it's, early it, trend has, has continued. It's continued. So it, it's uh, I, I just so it's now a constant. It's now a constant because we're what twenty twenty six games <laughs> in, something like that. Yeah. So uh, whereas that was only after thirty games. I, I this it's a real. I didn't realize. I mean, you you do realize it's bad, but you didn't realize it would quite that bad so you look at Saturday and you think that's another away defeat we've lost at home it's stark at home we're what top top two form I would say yeah top, we're third, third best in the league yeah yeah it's we're, just the away we've lost seven, we lost seven games away from home yeah and we've probably scored 
Well, we've scored more than one goal. Yeah, one goal. Just, We're averaging one goal a game away. Yeah, it's 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 a ridiculous. But it does seem to be this this discussion we've just had. We've had the same discussion, or you guys. Had, I wasn't there for the Forest, but the same discussion, right? Yeah, it was errors. It was. It, I don't know what it is. It's just yeah. I can't pinpoint it. Sorry, I can't. It just seems to be some individual errors away from home. Yeah, and we get punished. Rosie, what did you think looking at that? <laughs> Saying the same, it's, it's just I. I don't know. Teams have been tactically more switched on to some of our weaknesses away from home. Um, it's just my. Just, I cannot explain how we are one of the worst teams in the league. I know it's not a home and away split, but we're still. Uh, I think the second on big chances conceded. Uh, this season, I think we've conceded seventy-five overall. We've conceded fifty-three, so we conceded twenty-four more big chances than Bournemouth this season. And they were bottom of the league. No, it's madness, isn't it? And that's not a home and away split, but this just <clears throat> even at home we've conceded. We really should have conceded more goals. Yeah, but just on the just on the just on the players uh, thing on the opt you can get the fantasy football scout's got some fantastic options, and I managed to get the data out on the on the players versus their own. And there's only two. There's two major culprits, which is unsurprisingly Darwin Nunes, who's two point four goals under. He scored three from five point four xg, and Diogo Jota's got zero from one point seven xg. So between them two, they're over half the uh, the deficit. Um, mm-hmm. But then after that, it's just a drip drip effect. You got. Um, Carvalho, Robertson, Diaz, Elliot, Simicast, Cater, and Alexandrana all over half an XG yeah, yeah. without scoring. Yeah, it's no, just a drip, it's, drip, isn't it? Yeah, have you got anything on? I, I'm just hypothesizing, so I haven't got, I'm just asking a question, so don't take it to it. But it's just, I wonder whether our set pieces was more prominent away from home. Uh, in previous years. So, we in previous the years. So, so, therefore, yeah. this season until recently, we haven't been that. We haven't been that. Well, this was it. This, this, why th- this was another parallel with the Forest match, which was Van Dijk had the most non-penalty XG in the match. Yeah, he missed so he had, chances, he had, right? he had 0.7 against Forest in the, in that match, and he had 0.74 in this one. Yeah, I just wonder whether the, there's something yeah. in that. That away from home in our in our very successful seasons, and probably prior to this one, our away the first goal away from home has been in a set piece or something, and then we've just built from that. Whereas this season, we're not. We're not doing it. I'll tell you one thing that stood out for me when I was looking at this. I've got a quiz question for all three of you, right? Mm. Is that if you take our midfield unit, so we've actually we play, effectively play with the three midfielders every game, pretty much. So it's 26 games. Um, how often can we expect this season a goal from a midfielder? Have every How many Premier League matches? Rosie. How many Premier League matches has a midfielder scored? No, yeah, but it's a midfield unit. How, how often can we expect a goal from one of the midfields? Um, how, every how many games? Every one in three. But well, bearing in mind they probably get about point one xG a game. That's point uh, one in four. Say <laughs> how many can we expect, or how many have we have? No, how many have we actually seen this season right, from goals from midfielders? Every how, a goal from oh, I mid- you how you expect? Sorry. Oh, no, okay. In, in all comps. No, no league in the league. A goal from our midfield unit. How how many? Every how many Premier League games? Uh, one in twenty-six. Okay, it's not that bad. So, but do you want to have a, do you want to have a second guess? Now you understand the question better. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 
One in ten. One in ten. One in fifteen. I was going to go. Yeah, it's one in nine. Is the answer? Nine, it's a, we've yeah. got three goals from midfielders in twenty-six matches. Three. <laughs> Elliot Bajetic and Ox. And Ox didn't. Yeah. Okay. Didn't really care. Yeah. Okay. So Fabinho, no goals in seventeen hundred and three minutes. Anderson, zero goals in 1,284 minutes. Thiago, zero goals in 1,152 minutes. Milner, zero goals in 765 minutes. Cater, zero in three or three. Jones, zero in two on three. It's just abysmal, right? And just so you know, uh, going back the last four seasons, I did look at this. Mm. 1819, we got a goal from midfield every 2.1 games. In the title winning season, it was every 1.8 games. Um, then in the uh, COVID season or the injury season, is every six point three games, um, so still better than this season. Uh, and then last se- last year it was every three point six matches. Really? This season, every nine matches we had a goal from a midfielder. Just abysmal. That's that drip drip as well, isn't it? Cause yeah, went, that was sort of a yeah, like a, just to knock the score off a bit more, or you know. Yeah, okay. And in terms of the XG, it's three goals from 6.5 expected this season from our midfielders. It's just abysmal. Yeah. What's the footage? I'm, I'd be really sure of fullbacks because we joke about Robert being in another couple of shots in this game he should have scored from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Robbo is, I think he's fifth on the team now for um, the most. Uh, most un- underperforming XG, yeah. Um, he's 0.54 at home and 0.63 away. So 1.17 without scoring now. Jeez. Uh, interesting one of Salah. He is not a corporate away from home. He is his, He is our most overperforming player away from home. Five goals from 4.2. But at home, he's only got six from 8.6. That's interesting. Bobby has got seven goals from three and a half XG at home. <laughs> That's context, though, isn't it? Because he's coming on later in game, yeah. surely. And yeah. Darwin's got five from 4.9 at home. At home. Anyway, there's your home away and midfielder shit sandwich, people. <laughs> <laughs> Any other business? Um, yeah, just quickly to go back to some of the stuff you talked about earlier about XG builds um, and about the build-up from our team and all this stuff. Um, the, we just are, we're not building as a team together in the same way that we have before. So um, it, it, it primarily doesn't look remotely the same. Um, uh, not just the strikers either. Um, a whole bunch of our players are just not performing in the, in in a similar fashion to to how they have done historically. Um, so, uh, who who would be our, our typical XG build leaders? So 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 bet for people that don't understand XG build would be the bit, well, it, it would be the bit of the game that doesn't end in a shot. But Salah would still be yeah, Trent and Salah. Nabe, Thiago. Nabe, Thiago. So last season, Thiago was 0.62 and uh, Samikas was 0.58. Hendo uh, had a very decent 0.53 and um, Robbo was 0.5, right? So we got five players over 0.5. 
Um, and this season we've got two. And do you know who they are? Salah, Gary, no. I could give you 15 guesses and you wouldn't know one of them. (laughs) It's not Rickley then. Allison. No. That's not a bad Kelleher. No. Costas. No. One more guess. Go on. Kate. (laughs) Kate's not played for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this season, Harvey Harvey is top. (laughs) But 0.53. And 0.53 is a top. Last season, if you remember, we had 0.7 and and three on 0.6. So this season, only two at 0.5 are Harvey and Fabinho. Wow. Who'd have thought Fab? Fab. Wow. So Hendo's dropped 25%. Thiago's dropped 30%. Um, Trent has dropped 15%, but Trent's going to drop... Um, no, Trent's dropped 5%. His drop-off is, is going to be XG chain because his cha- because his build phase does end with goals. Um, and so that, that, that's where, um, him and Salah like fall down. But, but the, from the mid, uh, from the attackers, I, I looked at this because I wanted to compare, uh, Darwin when you were talking about him to, um, Mane, because that's his role in the team. That's the difference in the role in the team. And Mane's was 0.35 last season and, um, Darwin's is 0.18. So it, does kind of highlight those differences, but the cra- uh, what the thing I thought was most crazy in this is that um, Mo's is point one six, and his was point three nine last season. So Mo, the build up phase of Mo, given how you know he has been dropping deep and all that stuff as well, you would expect that to be higher because he should be more connected, but um, his XG chain is is um, is still 0.83. It's still a really really high high number because the only b- bits of the game he is in involved in is the bits that actually do end up in ch- in chances. Yeah, yeah. But at midfield, we're creating nothing. Yeah, which goes back to what we've been saying, right? We've got no control in midfield, no build from it. Yeah, we're not we're not that team anymore. No, so I, 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 we're all our possession, we have lots of lots of possession, but it's like it's almost Chelsea like sterile possession. Yeah, it's like Redknapp was playing sideways. Yeah, Maybe you see, you know, you said about it's protector. Yeah, we're risk adverse in our passing as well, isn't it? Sideways, sideways, sideways. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Nice. Thank you, Say. Thank you, Phil. And thank you, Rosie. Um, that's been your Under Pressure podcast for this week. And um, we will be back after Real and it's. That's it. Yeah, because the Fulham game's got postponed, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we, will be back. we might be even doing a weekend record for you lucky people. So, but we will be back after Real. Until then, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. 
There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.